Welcome to School TV Unscripted. This is our debut episode, and my featured guest is Dr. W. Randy Short, a man I'm familiar with from my documentary, Black, White, and Blue. Uh, Dr. Short is a scholar, and not a self-acclaimed scholar, but an actual scholar. Uh, where did you go to school, Dr. Short? That's where I didn't go to school. Um, I'm a graduate of Howard University, Virginia, and Harvard University. And of course, the D.C. and Fairfax public school system. You have a Ph.D.? Yes. In what? Well, African studies. I'm a historian. In particular, modern history, world history, African history, African American, as well as... um, have a strong background in looking at race relations, race, religion, and social change. And you're a lifelong uh, Washingtonian? Yes. Um, short of people being brought over from Europe and Africa, my great-grandmother spoke the original language of this region, uh, Piscatua. So I, I definitely... You and I can go down the National Archives, and I can guarantee you I can find. Just the other day, I was looking at my family in the 1860 census over in Ward 7, mm. and, and they were free, so and that goes on and on. So, yeah, I've got Deep a, roots, deep roots. Right. Now, I, I, I first came across you on YouTube hmm. while, while making the film Black, White, and Blue, a documentary about race police, and politics, um, Mm. I was looking for a a black Trump supporter because I wanted an objective film. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not difficult finding uh, black people who are against Trump, but it's kind of rare, at least at the time, Mm -hmm. because now it's starting to increase, but back then it was kind of rare to find a, a black Trump supporter. With Trumpy, when Trumpy wasn't cool. That's right. So, but but I I, I want to know why, mm-hmm. why why were you a Trump supporter? Why Trump? Well, you need to know. Initially, was I I was not pro Trump, but um, I absolutely hate Hillary Clinton. I mean, H A T E, like Aretha would spell it out. Hate Hillary Clinton. Okay, just know that. Um, I was I was angry at Trump because uh, I had an opportunity to, to, at least by phone, meet Yusuf Salam's mother. I, the first documentary film I did, I wanted to interview him and his mom. It didn't work out. Something occurred that blocked us from being able, I think because we were doing it with an Iranian crew, they didn't want to hurt their appeal process or they're getting their money from the city so they couldn't participate. But when those young men got accused, I specifically remember telling uh, my friends, one of them, Ronald Sullivan, the guy who was working to get Weinstein off, the black guy from Harvard who got fired from Winthrop House and his wife, uh, him and uh, Overton and another person says, I bet my life of all the kids, I know this Yusef Salam kid is innocent, look at him. His kid did not do anything. Maybe some of those, I said, the little Puerto Rican, when they don't look, they have the wrong people. I'd bet my life on it. And when Trump went and said the stuff he did, I hadn't had, I was pissed. So initially I was mad at Trump. But mm-hmm. what happened, 
I'm telling you, it's like an epiphany from God because I did an interview on press TV. I went off on Trump, and it's like something hit me. In particular, do you want Hillary Clinton? You and Libya. You know, you saw the people shooting over folks' head at Res Jabir in Libya. You know you've got Haitian roots. You, 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 know, you know what he'll... So Trump became um, uh, literally... I'm telling you, it's like uh, voices, maybe I'm psychotic, said Trump is the person, back him, leave him alone, help him. But, but it's, I'm glad you brought up the uh, Central Park Five case because I, I lived in New York at the time. I, I'm a New Yorker, lifelong, mm -hmm. grew up. Um, the Central Park Five case has been used to, to indict Trump for racism. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think that um, a lot of people don't understand the climate in New York at that time. And I'm not defending Trump. Maybe he is a racist. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. I've never mm -hmm. met him. But what I do know is that um, that park had been the scene of a lot of uh, muggings mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. rapes and, and all of these things. Right. And, and I think sometimes we need to be aware as a people that there are other possibilities and people simply dislike us because of our skin color. Right. It doesn't make their decisions right. I mean, right, because ultimately Trump was proven wrong. Right. You know, but however, as an investor, mm -hmm. someone with a lot of money in real estate and right. property, the crime rate affects the value. The bottom line. Uh, so I'm sure that played a role yeah. in, in, in yeah. his decision-making and, exactly. and in his anger and whatever. Right. But, but again, you know, I'm not here to defend Trump because I will go on the record and say that I am neither a Trump supporter nor a critic. I'm just somebody who's really objective and tries to see both sides of right. the of every and, and, issue, and, 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 and that's a bad thing these days it's not, for the it's fanatics, not, it's, for the fanatics. It's not a bad thing. Look, I looked at two sides to Trump. The thing, the main thing I had with Trump was Central Park. Mm -hmm. When I thought about what I hated about Hillary Clinton, there was so much I could have kicked It my, overwhelmed that. It kicked myself in the head. Why are you giving this man hell? He ain't really done anything to black folks like this broad with the super predators with the stuff that they did. You know, I have Haitian uh, roots. I have Haitian, Jamaican, Barbados, but I'm an African-American, 100%. Okay, and I call myself Sadas, straight African-American descendants okay. of traffic. We're going to get okay. around we're to Ados in a second. No, 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 I'm saying that's, that's yeah. Gaydas. No, we're in say, straight African-American descendants. <laughs> okay, so I like that. Mm -hmm. But... I thought about all of what the Clintons did, and then I really can't stand Obama. I mean, I've just been hating on Obama for a long time. And I said, you know what? I've watched black people get nothing out of eight years of Obama. Nothing. And no one would even acknowledge. You know, people, you try to explain. They said, well, you just don't like him. I said, well, I'm talking about policy. Why couldn't blacks get uh, foreclosure relief from the subprime loans? Right, that's policy, right? Every, every which kind of way you try to box Negroes into something, they would find a way to excuse him not delivering anything. Because I'll tell anyone, pardon my language, you know what? A whole sales pussy. 
a pusher sells drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. A, a drag queen gives blowjobs. A black politician gives you bullshit. What? No policy, no tax break, nothing? Eight years of nothing from Obama. So you know what? The best thing that could happen to us is for something to smack the crap out of black folks lackadaisicalness. You think Trump is that oh, thing? Oh, Trump is a bull in the coon china closet. He's knocking all the plates side to side. And, and, we, and we needed it. We needed it on every imaginable level. What Obama did and what Hillary did and what Biden did and what the congressional black circus did was put illegal invaders, sodomites, everybody ahead of black folks. They put, they put, right, us, right. They put us under the jail and then took a dump on us. And Trump, no disrespect, took America back to where it used to be, where everything was black and white. It was black people and white people. Trump operates as if the other people aren't even here. That's the America I grew up in. That's the America I prefer versus all this people color BS. And, well, you know, I have semen in my stomach. I know I'm black, too. I mean, all but, this kind of but, craziness but, that goes on, that there's, there's 100, 218 different sexes, all that insanity that these people brought in, Trump, it's like a reset button, like the Total Recall in the movie Arnold Schwarzenegger's I, I, in. I get it. Before we go too far down that road now, I remember while interviewing you for Black, White, and Blue, it didn't make the cut, but it stood out to me that when you were at Harvard, Obama was there, and you saw him speaking to the Federalist Society. That's correct. Who, who are the Federalist Society and why was he speaking to them? And, and what did you glean from that? Okay, the Federalist Society was established by a sellout coon by the name of Ward Carnally, who is one of the architects of blacks being driven out of uh, higher education in the state of California. They're against basically civil rights, affirmative action, educational access. They're basically against whatever black folks got marching behind Dr. King, singing and praying, getting their asses kicked. And someone comes along and says that that should be taken away. We don't need it. I'm putting that in short terms. The Federalist Society is no friend to the aspirations of black people in America. Uh, so I want to preface that. So Obama, the same people, all the folks who are beefing about affirmative action getting destroyed, Obama, when he was a student at Harvard, was uh, affiliated with BALSA, the Black Law School Student Association. And they had fought, they had had, I think within a year or so, they'd had a black female be the first editor for the Harvard Law Review. And the black students who had been harassed, this is 1988, 1987, 1988, there was a situation where there was almost a riot between the Harvard Law School students and the Harvard University police because you had basically like a party. If you're white and you walk around, the security doesn't ask to see your ID. If you're black, you have to constantly prove that you go And this there. is at Harvard. At Harvard. Hell yeah, at Harvard. And sometimes they wouldn't believe that it was your ID. So you, because Harvard's IDs didn't have photos, they'd want to see a photo ID to match your Harvard ID. Wouldn't, they, wouldn't even ask a white person. A black person had to have both. So, so basically, you're not a, a Trump supporter, a black Trump supporter who's denying the 
the presence of racism? Absolutely not. No. I, I am a Trump supporter that would prefer for us to have in-your-face George Wallace-style articulation of racism and white supremacy to counter our traitorous, sellout, compromised black leadership, uh, our, our Negro preachers and others who won't do their job to lift up, liberate, and, and save black people from themselves in America. The only way that you can get black folks galvanized to do what they need to do to try to get their house in order is for them to have it in their face. If you put a Hillary Clinton who can grin and she'll sterilize your children with depo, she'll have slavery start in Libya, she'll do this kind of stuff. As long as she says she's got some hot sauce in your in her bag. And you, she can do the name. Yes, yeah, she can do whatever she mm -hmm. wants to and she can do the shake with Rollover Martin. Uh, then all of a sudden <laughs> our people are comfortable with this kind of misleadership. Trump and the Proud Boys and some of the other people that don't necessarily love us put black folks on arms that we got to do something. And I would rather us be up in arms, organize, at least talk about reparations, having your own business, going down to the shooting range. But at least you're acting like you had something and that you are facing a challenge. Under Obama, he was like um, giving a, a diabetic too much insulin. They'll die in their sleep. And we were being put to sleep by uh, the Democrats. And, and so I, I, I absolutely, uh, if, I, if I were a, a magician, if I was like a black Houdini and I could do a magic trick, I would destroy the Democratic Party. It's worse than crack. It's worse than AIDS. It's worse than, than Sodom and Gomorrah. It, what, it's, it has held not the masses of black people, but a certain group, a leadership cast of compromised people, like, you know, uh, John Lewis, who needs to come out of the closet. Um, all these people. <laughs> now, we don't know that for a fact. I think, uh, no, let, me, let me tell you. Let, let, me, let, me, let, tell you. you, let you know, me tell you. Let's not get it. Unsubstantiated well, okay, well, allegations. It's alleged right? she needs to come out of this. But the person mm -hmm. that, that, a dying man told me this story. His name is Bruce Dixon from Black Agenda Reports. You've heard mm -hmm. that, right? Yes, I've heard Bruce that. Dixon and I had a conversation three, three, four months ago, and Bruce Dixon said to me, that there were, John Lewis allegedly was going to come out of the closet 12 years ago, and a whole bunch of crooked, compromised black preachers and others begged him, don't come out of the closet, or you'll blow the game for what we're doing to black people. You know, you, you, you raised something, and I, I don't know what, what John Lewis's sexuality is, nor do I care. But what I do want to uh, question is, why is it that it seems like so many high-profile, prominent black people are, you know, either openly gay or suspected of being okay. gay. What's what's the correlation there? I have, is it by chance? Is it by no, design? What what is I, happening I think here I within think, our community? I think it's structured. Uh, I have a very dear friend, uh, Cynthia Ann McKinney, my buddy, and Cynthia McKinney has told me more than one time that in order to get stuff, there's a club on Capitol Hill and other places, and you can't get in the club. I've heard the same thing for rap music. Is there you just uh, some places you don't be straight, don't 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 you can't you can't come here and us not get something or Hollywood, the casting couch. You must do this, and so there are people who say, God. 
I don't really want to do that, but I do want to get over there. Dave Chappelle told you a story that, you know, they put $50 million and then they put a big uh, King Kong penis on top of it. Of course you want the money under it, but they tell you you have to go through the thing on top of it to get it. I, have I, I never heard that. I heard about the dress, the King Kong yeah, penis. It, it, he didn't say King Kong. Movie. He said they put a big penis. I said King Kong penis, a big <laughs> penis, on top of $50 million. Okay. Now you can have it. Okay. This is... There is a system that demands a seed of corruption be inside of people or else they can't get certain places. It, it, no, is, no, is that it, just a liberal phenomenon or is that I, on the right I, and the left? I, I think is, is that just the structure I, of power I, in, in I, the Western I, I world? I think that the Luciferian system, as a rule, wants people broke down and compromised because D.C. operates through really through blackmail. It's not through policy. I mean, I had a situation where we were trying to get something for someone, uh, a license, and they couldn't get it doing everything the right way in D.C. I told my friend, you're going to have to fight this person. And so once he got exhausted, I says, okay, let me do this. Because the first thing I was going to do is file a sexual harassment complaint against the person. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I, once this person, I think they begin to understand, I understand D.C. real good. Okay. We, we, you going to get hurt the way that they hurt people here. All of a sudden, he got the license after it. should have had it a month or so before. That's how they, if you look at people, they, they have dirt on folks. Adam Clayton Powell, a New Yorker. What did Adam Clayton Powell do? You wonder how he got all that legislation passed? Adam Clayton Powell had an army of black janitors and black cleaning women bringing him people's stuff out of folks' trash, <laughs> taking take their trash thing up to, and them go over the trash and find out about the different people. So Adam Clayton Powell could come up oh, oh. to Senator Eastman or to Strom Thurmond and say, you know, how's your black daughter doing? <laughs> and Strom Thurmond doesn't want anyone to know he's a black daughter. My bill needs your vote. If I don't get your vote, I'm going to tell everybody you, that 14-year-old girl you got pregnant down in South Carolina. And so he, his legislation keeps passing. Is, is, that, is that the American way, though? Yes, it's the American way. Uh, well, it's better than the gun. It's better than lynching. <laughs> the stuff so we can't do. just pin this on the, on the Democrats. No. Then. This is the American this way. This is the American okay. way. I mean, uh, if, so think about it. It's, it's the American way. Look at what they're trying to do with Trump, where they're trying to say that he, he needs uh, people peeing on him or something like this. They have the little fake, the steel PP dossier where they're claiming that Trump... Oh, the has, thing in Russia and Yeah, all this he's getting Moscow, peed on the yeah. Russian. I mean, it, as cold as Russia, that's the last place I'd want to get peed on. Okay, I mean, at least it'd be a hot place. I mean, but, when you're trying to cool off and you pee on someone and freeze before you get but, to but, you. But, you know, speaking of, speaking <laughs> again with Trump, right? Mm -hmm. What I've noticed is, right, I was at the Salute America. Fourth mm -hmm. of July. Fourth of July. Surrounded by throngs of MAGA people. Mm -hmm. Upwards of 90% white. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel any um, hate. I just got to be honest. I don't care who doesn't like that I said that. But it's the truth. I didn't feel any hate. Mm. Uh, I felt a lot of people who just simply wanted to be proud to be America, Americans. Now, what I'm asking you is, why is it every white patriot is deemed a racist and every black patriot is deemed a coon? What, what, what is it? Why, why is there this thing that it's not okay to like America? Now, I know America has a bad history. There's mm. people that's going to hear this and be like, what do you mean? What about slavery? What about this? What about this, this, this? But every country 
has problems. Has problems. No. Like it, Haitians are still proud to be Haitian, even though uh, Papa doodle, Doc did what he did. Doodles floating down the street. You, you know what I mean? Uh, everything. Yeah. I, I'm sure Libyans are still proud to be Libyans. Sure. Libyans, no matter what's sure. going on in Libya right sure. now. And the same for South Africans, even sure. though of apartheid and all of these things. Sure. National pride to me is important. Is important and, and essential, and, and, and you gotta have and, it. Look, that's right. Why? I, why is it I, not allowed, or why is it frowned upon by so many people in this country of all persuasions? Okay, what's that all about? I think because it's in vogue to be ungrateful. Okay, a lot of Americans uh, haven't been anywhere. They don't know anything. They haven't traveled. Um, their perspective is myopic. You know, most folks can't think past the end of their genitalia, frankly. Okay, and a lot of people that comes down to understanding geopolitics or anything else don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. But in America, uh, it's a virtue to be stupid. So if I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground, it's my business. And you know, and you, you know, stupidity is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so being ignorant is so, cool. Being so stupid is hating cool, your country is cool. Uh, not liking your parents is cool. Not valuing your country is cool. Okay, but let some of those same people, let them go over and 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 and, and have, go and, and do some drugs in another country. Okay, see how fast they call the embassy and the crying and <laughs> pleading for American U.S. A lot of people don't appreciate what they have because they don't have the perspective. I think it's good to like your country. My thing is, I do not like everything that the government does, but the trees, the rocks, the mountains, the streams, and all that, they've never done anything but feed. Do you consider yourself an American? Oh, I, I'm an American, of course. But are you proud to be an American? Or, 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 or do you have some sort of... Um, Ambivalence? Or illusory relationship with the motherland or and so on and so forth. Mm. What are you first? Are you a black man first, an American first, a black American? What, what, what are you and why? Well, first and foremost, I am a human being. Number two, I'm a Christian. Third, of course, uh, those persons that make your history and your legacy so important, they're the ones that do the emphasis on how one looks or where one comes from. I would put it to you like this. When I travel outside this country, I'm definitely an American first. My color is secondary. Depending on who I'm dealing with in America, like if I'm dealing with immigrants or illegal folks here, me being an American is the first thing. In fact, it's either something hated or someone that's jealous of you for, but um, you're definitely an American. So I don't have an ambivalence towards the great aspects of America because who made America great? The people who gave up the land and the labor. And as much as I'll tell you, I'm indigenous African-American. I'm a composite of, of people. So I don't have a problem with what's great about America. Where I have an issue is not improving areas where there's room for improvement and the capacity to improve. But that's every country, mm -hmm. everywhere. So I love I love my country. I don't hate my country. I don't like you it. You know, I've heard Jim Brown say that America's not perfect, but he's an American. Yeah, and it's home. And, and, this and is it's my home, home, right? And, and, and the thing is, right, like, 
all my life, I've been, every time I go to black barbershops, you know, the black barbershop, like they got LeBron with his fake barbershop show or whatever. Mm. Real conversations go on in the black barbershop. Mm. I have seldom, if ever, heard anything remotely close to black patriotism in a black barbershop. Mm. And I often wonder why. I'm sure there are people who feel that way, but it is an unpopular opinion to express in that setting. And, and it's unpopular because I think almost, and, and, and you can elaborate, feel free. It seems that for a lot of us, our blackness is defined by what we are in opposition of. Mm. You see? And, and, and because so many of our heroes were protesting against the U.S. government 50, 60 years ago, whether it be the Black Panthers or, mm. or, 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 or the Civil Rights Movement, I think a lot of us, our sense of self comes from being in alignment to opposition to those forces. So oppositional. I don't have an oppositional identity to America. However, uh, one has a corrective identity to America. Let us be honest. There's nowhere in the world where there isn't a a a a they're not rich and poor. Everywhere I go, I, people usually have an issue with their government. Everywhere I go, mm -hmm. I've been to Cuba, uh, I've been to Libya. As I remember debating with a friend of mine who's Libyan, saying, "Your country's not that it's good. I mean, you got a lot of great things, and it just he." He couldn't see anything good in Libya. I've been places where people can't see or don't see or hate their government, and yet there's a lot of great stuff where they are. Under Gaddafi, Libya had the highest standard of living in the continent of Africa. Yeah, it was it was very nice, and uh, but he couldn't see it. Okay. The grass is always and green the on the grass other is side. Said, and I said, mm -hmm. in America, you have homeless people. You don't have homeless people here. In America, you have jobless people. You don't have jobless. They, they they got angry with me, and I says, so they're saying America's bad? I says, no. I said, America's great, but a great country also has great problems. And it's not going to be the same level of greatness for everyone. Right. Ever. It's, 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 and so there are ebb and flows of what every country offers. That's what makes these countries different. That's what makes people different. And so I've met people, and they say, I can't wait, Gaddafi's bad. And I was saying to them, they paid you to tell me this. I says, no. <laughs> I, 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 I've been in Iran, and I had young folks yelling and screaming at me, you're paid by the government to tell me. You know, when I was in Tehran for two weeks, I didn't see one pothole. And we went all over Tehran. I was, my mind was blown. Because you see potholes in D.C. All the time. <laughs> and, and we pay taxes with potholes everywhere. Okay. And when I explained that to someone, they, they started yelling and screaming at me. You've been paid to tell me that it's better. And I said, I didn't say it was better, but I said, your roads are well maintained. I've, I've seen places. It's not, they, they couldn't hear. So it's people. You know, there's a song that Nat King Cole, he did an album, a concept album before the Beatles called Wild is Love. Mm -hmm. You've heard of that album, right? No. And he has a song. The title song, Eponema's song, is Wildest Love. And there's a monologue, and he talks about man. Man is an issue. He's not never happy. When it's hot, he wants it cool. Man isn't smart. Man's a fool. Something like that. Mm -hmm. 
we are, we lack the ability to be grateful. And in fact, I want to say this about black people. We have a culture of ingratitude because and, and, to, to, toward, towards each other to, towards, towards everything. For example, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. When they talk about single parent households, seventy three percent of children raised by their mother, right? But of those, the black men are raising more children single than any other group of men in the country. But the image that all black men are bad, no black man ever loved this child, all black men are rapists, all black men hate black women, all black men are throwing black women off apartment buildings. (laughs) Everything about black men is zero. But if you do the research, you'll find black men do more child care, even when divorced. They spend more time than the other people with more money and everything working 10 times the wealth. They don't do better you just have more, so there's as much, if not more, pedophilia, rape, abuse, divorce, not paying child support. You know, but what? But when the sister looks at the man, he's and then when we look at our sisters, uh, we we devalue them without looking at what it is that they have, and we do the same thing. Our children, we're hard on each other. Are smart, is that what you're saying? Yes, are smarter mm-hmm. than any other group of children at the earliest age, but. We look at them, why would they sit down? Why would you sit down? Have you ever gone to the museum and seen how black kids are afraid to do anything? The white kids are climbing on the paintings and peeing on the stuff, and folks are free. <laughs> they open up the toys and stuff in the store. Black no. person, if you even walk away from me, I'll kill you right here. So we, we have a... Is it a, a cultural deficiency? Sure it is. We have a, we've, we've internalized a hatred of ourselves and our country to the point where... We can't find anything good. The white woman with no teeth that weighs 900 pounds that looks like she's been dumpster diving at Dunkin' Donuts for 50 years is better than a sister that's like Whitney. It's every, Anything is better than the white man's eyes. Everything, whatever we have is no good. And as a result, when you're not grateful for anything, in fact, the Bible teaches us in the sin to be ungrateful. Look, you've made a great film. And there are people, because they don't see a, a, a name with the ski or, or something at the end of it, I won't even look at it well, with, without even, I well, won't even give the film five minutes because well, I'm going to shut you Randy, out. Randy, Randy, uh, well, the film probably would have gotten a little exposure oh. had we not opted to do the unthinkable and just speak candidly mm-hmm. as black people speak privately because a lot of us, uh, I don't know what they mean by on cold, but to me on cold means knowing what not to say when people are looking and listening. Mm-hmm. And we gave people a behind-the-scenes view of how black people really Backstage. talk. Well, yeah. well, and, and, and again, to your credit, because I, I didn't have to put it in the film, but I wanted the film to, to be exceptional. And to stand out, That's and, and and putting you in the film in that context uh, excluded us from being accepted in any film festival, mm. and because we didn't follow that that typical liberal you know, narrative. I saw Michael you know? Eric Dyson at the Black Caucus. He looked at me like I owed him fifty dollars. Mike, Mike, Mike is a friend, right? Yeah, but he looked at me. Uh, Mike is a friend, and yes, he was in the film, and and um, I don't owe him fifty dollars. No, you don't. But I, but I owe all of you, you and him, and everyone who who um, contributed to that film, because none of you had to, and. 
I thought it was important to showcase the the diverse views within the black community. I did not agree with everything or everyone in there because I don't agree with everything or that anyone says. However, we know. (laughs) However, that does not mean it shouldn't be heard. And that's the Mm. difference between myself and the ideologues on the left. Mm. They only, if you don't say what they Mm -hmm. agree with, you're bad business. Mm-hmm. You're to be censored. You're racist. Your, your films aren't to be showcased. Mm. And and what that tells me is they're not about the truth and they're really not about us because what that is, what that is about is serving a specific agenda and my film did not do that. And you know what? I'm good with that. Mm. Because if that's what I got to do to get a claim and acceptance or like... Cynthia, Ken, uh, McKinney, Cynthia McKinney. Cynthia McKinney yeah, was talking about. Assume the position. I, look, I'm over here, and this is where I'm going to be. You uh, know, and, please, and that's please that. put on yeah. the other handcuffs. But, both, but, both handcuffs. But moving back, moving back to to the, the black community and the Democratic Party. What is our history with the Democratic Party, and why do we vote upwards of ninety? Was it ninety four percent or? It's too much. If it's if it's why are we so committed to the Democrats when why was why was Tina with Ike? She thought he was taking it somewhere. Oh, geez. I mean, so really, it's like Ike and Tina. The hits have long ended when they stopped getting welfare and Section Eight and gave it to everybody but us. We should have been like Tina. Punch back, get your gas card, run out the side door, start your own thing. Why, why, why did the Civil Rights Act benefit white women more than anyone else? Because it got hijacked. We had a little black lesbian who I knew, I thought was a man. Her name is Polly Murray. Mm-hmm. Polly Murray's from Baltimore. Now I don't know Polly Murray. I, but never I know, never I, heard I, never Paul, heard of her. But go ahead. Polly Murray's mm-hmm. one of the first black women to get ordained as a Episcopalian priest. She. Uh, uh, she went to one of the early people, and um, she was at a Howard Law School. She she's one of the, she's, she's a radical feminist. Is that what she but, was? But she, look, it's deeper than that. Pauli Murray. Mm-hmm. Pauli Murray is the mother of the Brown case. She's never gotten her due because she's a black woman. And by the way, I love sisters that are smart. Uh, Pauli Murray had come up with a comprehensive interdisciplinary plan to knock out Jim Crow as a Howard student. In fact, she led protests here 75 years ago to desegregate the lunch counters in Washington, D.C. on U Street. That's 75 years ago. You, you didn't know that. Mm-mm. Pauli Murray uh, uh, wrote a book in 1951, A Sketch of the Laws in Southern States. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jim Crow. She created a compendium of all the laws that held black people down. Mm-hmm. It's like a guide if you were a lawyer. If you were in Kansas, Pauli laid out every single solitary law detailed by statute where blacks are discriminated against, which meant anyone that was fighting for civil rights could pick up Pauli's book, literally walk in and file cases against the courts. This, so, woman, this so woman was brilliant. She, 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 so she, why, why is she problematic? Well, because, one, she was confused about her sexuality. She hated black men. Okay. And this and, is a black woman. Yes, I'm going to just tell you. I remember meeting Pauli Murray in 1971. And Pauli Murray was telling everybody there the problem in the world is that men exist, in particular black men. 
And if we got rid of all the men, we'd have peace in the world. In fact, I remember being introduced to Paul B. Murray. I thought it was a little small man. She wouldn't shake my hand. And I realized it's because she's a lesbian later. I'm a boy. So you had that much hatred for black men. You wouldn't even greet me. So you was a young boy at the time. I was five or six. Who introduced you to him? Oh, my parents took us to a meeting. My parents knew everybody back then. And what and she happened? wouldn't shake your hand at five or six years old? Because I'm a male. I'm a black male, and I embodied what she hated. And she made a nasty comment about me being no good. Do you think I, feminists hate men? Oh, yes, they do. I'm sure, of, of course. And I'll tell anyone, feminism's a gutter religion, and it needs to be purged from the lives of black people. It's white women's toxicity that black women keep eating like his oodles of noodles and their college students. Look, uh, Paulie Murray was chasing and cussing and screaming at my father at these people's house about how bad black men were. That's the first time I'd ever seen feminism to kind of have an idea. And I remember as my parents left early, asking my parents, who's the funny man? Who's the funny little man? He was a little kid. Who's the funny? Because I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. You knew she was different. I knew something was wrong with this Mm -hmm. person. And that's Pauli Murray. Pauli Murray was the person who came up with the concept of Jane Crow where she put sex with race because, see, she had, she had, she had been a, a female drag queen. She had been a hobo, dressed up like but a how, dude. But how, how did she get to assist with white women she co-opting hooked, the civil rights she act? She hooked up with the biggest butch of the 20th century, Eleanor Roosevelt. She got hooked up with a group of white, lesbian, Democratic Party activists. And well, she, Eleanor Roosevelt, that was Franklin's wife, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, and she also had a... she was a butch, though? She huh? was a butch. You didn't know that? Huh? And she had a woman she was living with. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt, she's so pretty. She looked like she used to, like, do skydiving with no parachute. I mean, she's just hard. I mean, just... Um, I see. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd have polio, too, and an excuse to go down going to bed with her. I mean, it's just really bad. But, I mean, you haven't seen Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh, she, okay. I'm but, serious. She, but, she, she could be a boxing, a, look, I mean, a boxing partner for Muhammad Ali. I mean, it's just, Lord, but, she looked like she'd been punched out by everybody. R- Randy, bad. listen, the thing that I'm, I, I'm, I'm noticing now is that the same way uh, white women were the primary beneficiaries of the Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. It's looking like we're being set up again with H.R. 5. H.R. 5. Mm-hmm. And we, I call it the pedophile amnesty bill, but it's really called the uh, the Gay Equality Act, and it's it's now passed the House of Representatives. It did uh, in May, early mm-hmm. May it passed. It was introduced to March 13th. It passed in May, and uh, they're waiting to see if it will get on the floor for Mitch McConnell. He's the... Uh, Senator from Kentucky that looks like um, Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies with an acute case of turkey neck. And um, what happens, the Equality Act, it's, it's described as a bill that is aimed to, uh, to stop or prohibit discrimination based on sex, uh, gender orientation, and sexual identity. And then there's this, uh, and, and for other purposes. Mm-hmm. And if you read the preamble to the bill, Essentially, the um, the homosexual community has taken literally the, the wording of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and inserted uh, gays and lesbians where it talked about how blacks were completely excluded from everything. And so what they're contending, 
the, the, the philosophical basis is, is that gay people can't get jobs, can't get housing, can't get, un- and they're not getting any employment, that gay people aren't safe, they're the victims of mass violence. Every s- gays. They're the new black. No, they're completely on the outside of benefiting from anything in American life. Is that why they're pushing for gay reparations? That's it's it is a form of reparations because if you read the Equality Act, you're going to be guaranteed credit, loan, housing, and education if you are a pedophile, if you're in the necrophilia, if you're in the bestiality, any kind of sexual expression of the no, no, I haven't read it, so I don't. It, I, it I don't know it, how it, it doesn't. It doesn't but say that. I'll take but your if word you, for but it. if you read the preamble. They talk about needing uh, gender rights in a funeral parlor. Well, who needs sexual rights in a funeral parlor? What does that mean? Have you ever what? What kind of sex? But, but, but here, what here, kind here, of here, sexual needs do people have in a funeral parlor? But specifically for me, right? Because I'm not a Democrat nor am I a Republican. I consider myself an independent. Me too. I'm, and I'm you, you, you know what turned me against the Democratic Party? Hmm. I, I felt like they were trying to redefine blackness they and, have. and impose the values of people outside the black community on the black community. They have. And to me, that is a personal affront. It, and I'm not really worried about uh, Trump or, or the GOP or Mike Pence or any of that because they don't seem to be paying us much mind at all. No. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better with that than trying to redefine who I am and mm-hmm. affect my progeny. And, and, and I want my son to be like me. And it doesn't right. mean I hate other people, but I want my son to, to have to, children. To them, that means you hate See, other I, people. I, I don't if, hate, if, I don't if, hate if, anybody. If, if I, look, we, the Equality Act, if you read it, it would nullify Title IX protections for women. It's already happening where boys are in the girls' restrooms, boys are in women's sports, Boy, I mean, there's, there's no space for womanhood anymore and the name of recognizing this thing, this non-binary, which means that there's something other than male and female. And, and you can't challenge it. You can't. That's transphobia. So if someone calls himself a woman, the, uh, pre-op, which means I can look with my beard, and if I say I'm a woman, then you have to recognize me as a woman. You didn't hear, you heard, you heard about that thing in Detroit, well, the funeral home where the guy wants to dress up like a woman in the funeral home up in Detroit, and no. it's now in the Supreme Court case, and then the man says six years, all of a sudden you want to go to a place where folks are dealing with death and trauma, and you want to walk around with artificial titties, and people are supposed to be but, happy about that. But, but, but Randy, why are all the black elected officials in support of HR five, because from what I and understand, you say Democratic. Dem, well, not the Republicans. Okay, but one. one, but, di- one okay. Let, let me ask the question here, though. The LGBTQ community comprises of four point five percent of the population. If that, any. If that, why is it so important for every black politician, celebrity spokesperson? to embrace the lifestyle. I'm not saying they should be against it, but are they a representative of us or of some other interests? Because I I talk to black people all the time, and I don't find black people to be homophobic, but sexual identity and orientation doesn't seem to be the primary thing on the average black person's mind. Mm -hmm. So why are black representatives at the vanguard of this push? 
uh, because they've been bought. They this was something. In fact, uh, there was. It started in the 80s where they decided that they were going... There's a book called After the Ball. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with it? Yes, I've heard of it. Okay. Now, you can pay up to $500. It's that hard to get the book. Mm -hmm. But it's a group of, 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 of gay psychologists and others who had a plan to steamroll and log roll the whole public into being forced to embrace the uh, homosexual agenda. Uh, that no regard for science, it's all marketing, it's mass manipulation, uh, using mass psychology and other things to, to trick and manipulate people. But and you why us though? Why the emphasis on because us, black, black people? Why? Black people are weak, black people are cowards, black people are cheap. In particular, black leadership. John Lewis is cheap, Maxine Waters is cheap, Al Green is cheap, they're cheap, they're cheaply bought. And they hate their own people's guts. I just want to say this. Going all the way back to Africa, the blacks who've had have always been willing to sell the blacks that didn't have for for pennies on the dollar because this is a kind of disdain that exists writ large. The pastors, you name it, they do not give a damn. This is a problem. So if you come to... A, a group of no good black preachers and politicians and throw peanuts at them, they will happily sell out and betray black folks. Number two, there's no penalty for traitors, treason, and treachery in our community. Let me Amen. assure you, uh, when Dr. Martin Luther King went to your city of New York in the early 1960s, talking all this stuff that didn't make sense to uh, Harlemites and others, Malcolm X and them threw eggs at Dr. King. And I think that's a good thing that helped Dr. King grow up. Who throws eggs at John Lewis and Maxine Waters and, 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 and Cory Booker and Kamala Harris? Who says that you bastards, you're not representing us, we hate the stuff you're doing? No one. They, they've been given a pass, the black. We've been told, deceitfully so, just be quiet, go along, get behind the people, your black elected officials and your preachers, and they'll take care of it. No, it's a lie. They have always sold us out. So the whites, the gays, you name it, know that the blacks in leadership are, are, are people who are gatekeepers that they pick up are against us for a fee. And they wear a mask that they're for us. And until we rip that mask off and perhaps put our foot in their behinds, we're going to continue to have this situation. The day that John Lewis, I keep saying him, goes somewhere and people pelt him with eggs and rotten fruit, there'll be all the little coons and respectability Negroes. Oh, he's a super right. That's 50 years ago. If you and I don't wipe our ass in 50 years, it will kill us. I don't want to hear about what someone did in the 60s. You know, John Lewis is now uh, sponsoring a bill to basically hand black children to sodomites. I mean, on, on top of this Equality Act, every time you turn around, there's a new bill pushing this agenda. But in John Lewis's district, where the black people are living in conditions that look like Nagasaki and Hiroshima after the bomb drop, and he's fighting for rich white homosexuals to get stuff. I mean, this dude, this dude if black people were smart, we mentioned the Palestinians earlier. You know why the Palestinians aren't completely run out of whatever little bit they have? They had meetings just before the first Intifada 
where the Palestinians confronted their traitors, their sellouts, their snitches, and told them, we're going to get y'all if y'all stop us from standing up to our occupation. Until we pull John Lewis and say, you ball-headed, in the closet, sellout, we'll turn you out, chump, if you do this. If we did this to them, they'd be afraid to be gatekeepers for other people. You see, in a revolutionary process, you have to eliminate the middleman, the people in the middle, between the needs and the demands of our brothers and sisters, and these coons, the one percent in our community, that stab us in the back and pretend to be our leaders. This is why they can bring the Equality Act. In fact, they could come up with an extermination bill, and you could get most blacks in Congress to support it. And you know what? The average black person wouldn't mind going to a concentration camp, provided the trucks had Rolls-Royce engines and white wall tires. Let me, We're let, that shallow. Let, let me ask you this now, again, and we're going to wrap it up. Um, we could talk forever, me and you, but we got we on the clock here. For sure. In the film, you in the film Black, White, and Blue, you mentioned the Mattachine Society, mm-hmm. and they had a plan to make the LGBT community, the gay community at a that time, was group. a racial group, the they've new su- minority. How did they utilize black leadership, our black politicians, our black they started off with, with, with They started off with, with Huey Newton and other people. But you have a lot of black politicians. Huey Newton of the Black Panther Party. Said the gays he, were the most oppressed people in the country. Because he was go, for gay rights in the early okay, 70s. Yeah, long, long, and he wasn't the only one. They had Pauli Murray. Okay. You, I, you I had, know Angela you had, Davis you had, is now a, a lesbian. She went from wearing a bush to eating some. Okay. Okay, um, you, you got others, okay? So the gay people, uh, you had Coretta Scott King. She supported gay rights. You had a lot of black folks who, look, I'm against folks getting killed, beaten. I, I don't like that. I, we, I knew, I remember sitting around the kitchen table years ago, and someone gay that was in the network of gay people that we knew went up to DuPont Circle to trick white men, and someone blew his head off. I don't want the guy to be gay, and I don't want anyone to blow his head off if he is gay. But I don't like that. But at the same point, I don't want kids being taught at four years old how to put lubricant up their behind, and you can't opt out. But you see, the NAACP, that's the other group, under Benjamin Hooks, he made the gay movement part of the civil rights thing. The NAACP did this to us. And, and other people fell in line behind it. So Benjamin Hooks did that because what happened when Anita Bryant came out in 1977, 78. But, but just, so, just hold up, hold up. Why so much emphasis on sexuality? I mean, nobody I know walks around thinking about sex all the time. Because Gay you don't, or you, straight you, sex. Be, you know, be, like, because, why is such an emphasis? Why is everything be, sexual? Why is it sexual molestation? This, why this, is it sexual harassment? They've been pushing, sexual confusion. Pushing, sexual identity. Push, everything pushing. is sex, 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 they've, sex, sex. Because, Who thinks about sex all the damn time? Because like they've confused people. One, a lot of people, if you read Romans 1, when Jeez. people are given over to a reprobate mind, they do. You talk to certain gay folks, it's all about, think about it. We have, what, bug chasing parties. You heard of that, right? Where people contract AIDS. They pay to get AIDS at a party. I mean, that's real. I want AIDS because all my friends have AIDS and I don't have it. So I'm going to go to a party. And they call a thing called roulette where you you have sex with a bunch of people in the room. But, you don't know who has HIV. But let, let, so I get the gift and the gift giver is the person with the AIDS. Let's, so let's there bring, are people let's, let's that, that twisted out let's, there. Let's bring this back to 
the black community, our relationship with the Democratic Party, and how we've been co-opted and, and redirected in a direction that is not beneficial we, to us. We, I'm not even going to get into judging people yeah, and their choices yeah, but, and preferences. Well, my to me, I would judge was, someone trying look, to get AIDS. But, 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 <laughs> that's, look, that's something but, that you but, could but judge. But my thing is, how is it beneficial to us? And, 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 and please, give us the last word here. Where should black people go from here? They need their own party. Okay, if you don't like the music or the food or the hospitality of the party you're going to, and you like parties, you have to throw your own. You know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't like the music in one club, find another club to go to. We're kind of silly. We're like retard. We keep going back to the same place with the bad food and the bouncers not nice and the drinks are watered down. And that's the best. Or My other example is, if you go to a party and there are like lots of ugly girls, like they emptied out the mental institution and they're the dancers, you know, if you go in a place where women look like they've all been, you know, and mm -hmm. axe fights with no helmet on, you and your guys are gonna go somewhere and say, man, it was rough in there, right? And <laughs> you need combat pain to dance in there. You go somewhere else. When do we get sick and tired? When's enough enough? And our people have been, we have these baby boomer blacks, this older generation which uh, some of them can't die off fast enough for me. Yes, I said it. It leaves from their Social Security for the rest of us, right? <laughs> These people are so happy to be included in anything white, including if it was a concentration camp. Is there a black seat in that chamber? <laughs> we want to get gas, right? Whatever it is that they have, we've got to be a part of instead of having our own, okay? That's how certain people are. They're conditioned that way. We can't help them. They're irredeemable. They're dead. They should, as I said, if they died off, great. We need to target younger people who want something else. I'm talking about serious younger people because a lot of young folks are wreckage too. Find people who want the, you want your own farm, your own business, your own house, your own corporations, your own political party, your own lobby, your own political action committee, your own candidates, and we organically raise everything we need, our leaders, our food. We can do this. We used to do it. My folks own farms and businesses. Now I'm at least growing in my backyard. If I can learn to do that, I'll do more. We can, as in the words of my uh, cousin, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, do for self. And I, I was just about to say do that. Do for self. So, so the, your message to the to the viewers, the black viewers, Sandersville. We got to do for self. Do for self. O okay, Doctor Short. I, I think that's about it. And um. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this uh, debut episode of School TV Unscripted. And it is unscripted. And it's probably, you know, going to run into the same kind of resistance that the film ran into, but so well, be it. We We're here to speak the truth. No, well, no. Okay? They, don't and you got to come back, Dr. Short. You got to come back. You don't want to And we got to do this again. Don't ask me. Please All right? don't ask me. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> and, um, We'll do this again. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. <sighs>